Welcome to Season 2 of the Adopted Brothers Podcast. This season, we will be sharing stories that will make you laugh, cry, but most of all, be encouraged. Let's get started. Welcome to the Adopted Brothers Podcast. I'm Craig, and today we are going to be talking with Linda Greeno, who is my mom. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us what your favorite comfort food is? My name is Linda Greeno, and my favorite comfort food is probably chocolate-covered raisins. That's really interesting. That I don't think that's really anybody else's favorite comfort food. <laughs> but that's okay. If that's yours, then that's yours. That's mine. So we're interviewing you today because we want to hear your story about adoption. Okay. So just... Tell us your story. Okay. Uh, Well, my husband and I got married, and we knew we would have to adopt from the very beginning. I have a history of kidney problems, and and so they thought I should never be pregnant. So we we uh, signed up for adoption as with Adams County as soon as we got married, and it took a while to get on the list. Then it took us four years till we got Craig. There were a lot of meetings. There were a lot of, uh, we had the first group meeting in Adams County, and uh, it was a trial experimental thing, but it was interesting because we learned about adoption from everybody's point of view and why and and how they were handling it. So how did that make you feel not being able to have a birth child compared to having an adopted child? I think the fact that I always knew I would have to adopt, it it really didn't matter to me. It just, you know, it, it was like, that's what I have to do because if I wanted to live, because like chances are my doctors had said that if I ever got pregnant uh, with my kidney problem, it could kill me and the baby. So, you know, of, of course, adoption was my only Avenue and my husband, I told him that that was the case a month after we started going together and not realizing that his favorite cousin was also adopted and he kept acting like, well, it's no big deal. What's the big deal? So he was, he was pretty well, very easy going about it and all. His family knew about that, what we were going to have to do. So it was all out in the open for them. How did that make them feel? Did it make them feel a certain way? or Well, a couple of his relatives did not think it was a very good idea. And they, they were <laughs> kind of, kind of uh, upset with me for quite a long time about it. But Kent would just reassure him that, you know, he knew it way beforehand. And his parents knew it because I didn't want to hide, have any secrets or anything. So I wanted... To be upfront about it. So we we came through some trials about it, but it was well worth it. It was well worth it. We never felt like Craig was anything but our son. Well, that's really amazing because some people have that feeling of, well, it's not really my child. I'm just taking care of them. So I'm glad that it never That was never like that. occurred to us. I mean, you were... From the minute they put you in my arms at two months old, you were mine. Going through that process, can you speak a little bit more about going through that adoption process? 
it was it was kind of uh, because it was an experimental one where there were seven couples and they were three caseworkers and they went around the table and everybody kind of told their stories and there was a certain amount of um, they said well whose fault is it you can't have a child and every other head went down and it was it was you know embarrassing but. We kind of, afterwards, we're still friends with two of the couples out of that group many years later. But we kind of felt like that was the wrong way for them to have stated it. Whose fault is it? You know, because it does. It, it puts a little bit of guilt on you. But back then, you know, we're speaking about the 70s. Mm-hmm. So back then, they didn't know how to communicate that better. That's better true. Way. That's true. It's very true. They uh, would just say things outright. We had to, going in this group, we had to go around and tell a lot of stuff about ourselves. And we spent three solid days from morning till late evening with with these same seven couples. And you're kind of feeling like, well, we're all vying for the same thing. We want a child. (laughs) So we, you kind of wonder, you know, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? It, it was it was very interesting. Different parts we had to we had to write a ten page autobiography of ourselves each, and for my husband who's not a writer, that was a real problem for. Him. Then we had to write our parents' obituaries, and what was really tough was that my mother had just passed away a few months before that. And that, that was very difficult. Yeah, that would be a very difficult thing to have to write. Yes, it was. It was, uh, it was tough, but we made it through all of it. And um, we learned a lot about ourselves and about others. And like I said, we're, we're still very close friends with two of the couples out of the seven that we were in the group with almost 48, 49 years ago. Well, that's good to know that you <laughs> still have that connection with people. Yes. Yes, and it, it was, it was a, I think it is a powerful connection because until you really go through that, you don't know what the other person is feeling. And that's with anything, whether it's, you know, if you lost a child or if you lost a parent or if you lost anybody, you don't know how that feels till you go through that yourself. And, and I think that that's what has brought us together with a, a close bond. Well, that's good. I'm glad you have that close bond with people. Who encouraged or inspired you guys to really pursue it? Was it just you and Dad no. saying it, or well, it was, was there us, some other family members I, I too that had, kind of encouraged it? I had a doctor, uh, my urologist, that from the very beginning told me he's the one that encouraged us to adopt, and we had trouble getting on the list even in Adams County, the waiting list, just because they said, well, you're maybe not healthy enough for you to be taking care of a baby. And I was just, I was so upset by that. And I called my doctor and told him, and he happened to know somebody in Adams County. And he got us and said, you know, all you have to do is put them on a list. We don't want any special favors. I just want them on the waiting list. So he was the first person that we took Craig to see. And Craig's great-grandmother was the second person that he, we took him to see at the nursing home because 
Grandma Minnie just thought for sure she'd never get to hold him, and she was the first one in the family that got to hold him. Well, I don't remember, because I was a baby, but I remember hearing stories about great-grandma Minnie, and just the love that she had, it seemed like it flowed through the family. It did. It did. That was Kent's grandmother, and she was just so special to all of us. And when she was in the nursing home, she just loved Creighton and would let us, you know, we'd bring him up there. When she passed away, she was in the hospital, and Craig was about two and a half, and she kept wanting to see her baby, she said. I need to see my baby. And they, everybody kept thinking she meant her son, and Uncle Earl would stand there and go, I'm right here. Now I need my baby. And because back then you didn't bring little kids up to the hospital, we snuck Craig in between us and walked him into her room and closed the door and put him up on the bed. And she finally settled down and just loved him up and loved him. And and it finally gave her some peace. Well, that's good. I'm glad I was able to give her peace. You did. You did. She loved you dearly. So I know we have another family member that's adopted. Mm-hmm. You know, my cousin Mike, my second cousin. He'd be your second My cousin. second cousin. And I know he was adopted. Why did you tell me I was adopted at an early age compared to him being told when he was at a... In high school. Yeah, in, in a little bit older age. His parents told us that... From day one, use the word adoption. Use the word adoption around him. Because their son didn't know he was adopted till he was in high school. And he kind of went off the tracks for a little bit because it was somebody else had told him, not his own parents or anything. And it really was a shock to Mike. And so um, we, we took their advice and we just always... It was just part of conversations sometimes. You yeah, know? and from what I remember, I remember being about five is when I originally remember being told that I was adopted. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're really little, you you're don't... You're not paying attention. You right. don't pay attention to any of that. So I knew I was adopted, and I know I got in trouble. At kindergarten? In kindergarten and probably first grade. and. Well, you did in kindergarten because they called me to from the office and said... Uh, we have a problem with Craig, you need to come up here. So I went up there, and I thought, what did he do? And The troublemaker that I am. That he is. Then my, his teacher said, well, we have a, a bit of a problem with Craig. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, well, we were explaining how a calf is a, comes from a mother cow, and uh, a fawn comes from a mother deer, and on and on. And she says, I said, just like you came from your mother. And Craig said, no, I didn't. And she said, yes, you did, Craig. And he said, no, I didn't. And she kept up and finally he says, you know, I'm adopted. (laughs) Well, see, I was a persistent little kid. Yeah. I didn't know any different. So I told his teacher and the principal, I said, well, it seems like Craig doesn't have a problem. It seems like you do. Yeah. And with that, we were done. (laughs) Well, I also remember getting in trouble when I was probably kindergarten, probably between kindergarten and second grade. Because I had friends, and I would say, I'm adopted, and they say, no, you're not. I go, you want to bet? I'll bet you a quarter, or I'll bet you a Hot Wheels car. And then it got back to you that I was betting people that I was adopted, and I got in a little bit of trouble for that. Just a little. <laughs> but, you know, it was harmless to me because they didn't believe me, yeah. and I was like, yes, I am. But that's how it goes when oh, you're yeah. a little kid. Yeah. There's always trials when you're a little kid. Yes. 
So I know my middle name mm-hmm. comes from your cousin Mike mm-hmm. and Dad's cousin Mike, right? Right, and that's Correct. how yeah. you guys gave me my middle name to kind of go with that. Yeah, to kind of maybe honor them a little mm-hmm. bit by with that. Right. How'd you come up with Craig? Craig. You know, we went through baby book names, and you know, like everybody does when they're yeah. pregnant, and you you search. 5,000 names and try to figure out what sounds. And we both liked Craig. It means strong. And and we we like that. I think that's kind of funny, too, because you do go through those baby book names. And Craig, even now, isn't that common of a name. No. Greg is a it, common name. And they tried to call you that many times. Many times I've been called Greg and Chris and all these different crazy names but i also know another person whose name was craig and it was interesting because we looked a lot alike Hmm. we had the same kind of glasses at the time the same build i was like a year or two older than him i met him at one of the jobs i used to work at but his name was spelled k-r-e-g and mine c-r-a-i-g Huh. So okay. I just think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's that, interesting. You know, because it's not a, a real common yeah, name. Yeah, it's not a real common name. Yeah. I always wanted like an Italian name, <laughs> which I could have n- named you Rocco. Yeah, I I love Rocco. I love that name. <laughs> well, I had a cousin. Yeah. Rocco. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Italian names there. Yeah. Rocco, Vito, all those yep. different types yep. of names. Yep. But how did it uh, impact Grandpa D? The son came up in the morning just to shine on your face. Yes. With with uh, Grandpa Grandpa D, my my father, Jerry, and Kent's mother, Doris, the son only came up so it could just say, hi, Craig, because they both absolutely adored him. My dad just, just loved you so much it wasn't funny. He just... When he was around, all he, he had to always have you in his arms. He just, then when you got older, he had to teach you how to fish. Mm-hmm. I remember that. He wanted you around as much as he possibly could. I guess one of my biggest regrets is that he didn't live long enough to see you grown with your own children. Yeah, I, I miss him a lot. Me too. I miss him, and I miss Grandma Doris a lot. Mm-hmm. Because they both made me feel loved. Mm-hmm. Seeing other kids with their grandparents a lot was hard for me because I wanted to see Grandpa D and and Grandma all the time. Well, Grandma Greeno and Grandpa Greeno lived in Arizona. Right. And Grandpa D lived here, but I know for a while, when I was little, little... He lived down in La Junta, mm-hmm. and that that's a drive down there. Oh yeah, that's a that's a big drive. But I remember him doing all kinds of things with me when. Oh God, he loved you to death. One of my favorite favorite memories of Grandpa is as I got a little bit older. Every time I'd see him, we'd play checkers, mm-hmm. and we would just play checkers for hours and hours and hours. Yep. And then when I'd stay the night, he'd make me breakfast. And I know some people probably think this is gross, but I still love it today. He would take white bread and just tear it up into pieces, put it in a bowl, fry up two eggs, put them in there, and just mix run a yolk, yolk and just mix it all up and salt and pepper. I still love that to this day. 
That's funny. <laughs> I love it to this day. And I know some people are like, oh, that's kind of gross. But no, it's not. I th- like for it me, too. that's like that's like comfort because it reminds me of mm-hmm. him. And with with Grandma Doris, the things that I remember about her is her creativity with painting oh, and yeah. modeling clay and all that. But the thing that always sticks out to me the most is the English muffin with... American cheese on it in the toaster oven and Lowry season salt on it. Grandma salt. Grandma salt. That's what I thought it was. And it's still to this day grandma salt. Yes. And blueberry shakes. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've had blueberry shakes from places and it just doesn't compare. No. And I've talked with Anna about it and I've told her about it and she said, well, probably the reason it doesn't compare is because it doesn't live up to that memory that you have of your grandma. Right. And even making... An English muffin with the cheese and the salt doesn't taste the same to me. No, she had the perfection on that. Yes, she did. And it was just amazing. It was amazing how much love came from both of them. Mm -hmm. And I love Grandpa Greeno too. I love Grandpa Earl. Sure. But it was a little different. Grandma Doris was just like pure love. She was more hands-on with you. Yes. Grandpa was more kind of Mm standoffish. and But then... Grandpa D was more hands-on with me, too. Very hands-on. And always, those two just made me feel loved all the time. That makes me feel so good. Good. I'm glad. Those are my memories, you know, of them. I am happy for that. I am happy for that. And they were just two amazing people. They were. They were both so happy all the time. Yes. My dad never met a stranger, ever. (laughs) And Grandma Doris really didn't either. I mean... She could find humor in anything, even getting flipped off on her 70th birthday. (laughs) I remember hearing about it, and it just made me laugh. Oh, it did. We all laughed. So, what about cousins? When I was little, did they treat me any different than if I was a... No, you you were just Craig, their cousin. And all of them loved you just as much as they loved each other. I mean, you were just, you were a greeno. And part of the DiLorenzo clan. You know, you were you were just part of all of that. And that's a huge clan. It is a very big clan. The Greeno clan, not so big. Yeah. DiLorenzo clan, massive. <laughs> I was just curious about that because you see stories about people that were adopted and how pretty much the rest of the family treated them totally different. Right. So I was just curious if there was ever a time that never, when I was never little... Never that I ever saw did I... I ever see that. In fact, I think, especially because my cousin lived down the street from us for a while, and she had two two boys, and Craig and Matt and Andy just got along really good and played together, even after they covered him in baby powder when he was a baby well, all over the floor. <laughs> that's what cousins do, I guess. I guess well, so. Well, siblings do that too sometimes. That's right. That's right. So I know that this is hard for you to probably talk about, but it wasn't anything that I was trying to hurt anybody with. But growing up, I was curious about where I came from. I can understand that. The, the older I get, the more I can understand that. You you wonder where you get certain traits from. And I, I can, you know, it, it hurts because you feel like, oh my gosh, I hope he isn't deserting me as his mom. Have I been that awful of a mother to him or but you take it personally a little bit but then after a while when you really think it through 
you can understand that. Everybody's curious about, okay, where does my where does my wrinkles in my cheeks come from? And and how come my hair turns this way? And how come, you know, my hair is thinner here? And everybody wonders about certain traits and and so I can understand that for you. And growing up when you're in school, you know, I remember them saying we're going to make a family tree. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, that was kind of hard for it was me. It's hard for you. Because I had you guys and, you know, this family, but there was also that other part of me that was part of my family tree as well. And right. I didn't know anything about it. And you guys really didn't know anything about it either no. because it was a sealed adoption. It was a sealed adoption. We had even tried to get into it because when you when you were a baby, you had your legs were crooked and you had problem with your feet and all and we tried to ask him the agency would you please just check with his biological mother about this problem is it a hereditary thing was it something during the birth and they wouldn't do it for us yeah and i'm pretty sure it's probably something during the birth really because back then they just kind of pulled you out grab and yank (laughs) where today they're a little bit more gentle yeah you know getting the baby out it was a long time ago you know you're getting old. Oh, I know I'm getting old. Look at all the gray hair we both match. Yes. <laughs> and the hair I don't have on my head anymore. My mind's thinner than two. <laughs> but I think it's kind of interesting and funny, too, is when you had the baby picture of me mm-hmm. and the baby picture of Dad, Yeah. how similar we looked. They, they were. My mother-in-law came over to me one day, and she had two pictures in her hand, and she said, look at these. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> and... She said, one is Kent when he was two months old, and one was Craig when he was three months old. And you held them to side by side, and even the way they turned their head and held their hands, everything, you would think it was the exact same baby. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. So we always gave Dad a hard time yeah, about that when where, I was growing where up. Where were you? <laughs> were you really here, or were you really over here? Yeah. And poor dad, he took it like a champ. He did. He did. He was like, no, He rolled with it. I was here, not over there. But you said dad was really supportive. Very. He was very supportive. I mean, I, I remember the night I told him, uh, I had come back, for, it was at Christmas time, and I had come back, we met on Friday the 13th in November, and at Christmas time I came back from Rocky Ford and Lahana to spend some Christmas time with him, and... We were going to go to a show, and he kept, I said, no, we got to talk about this first. And I told him, I said, I had this problem, told him what it was. I said, we're going to have to adopt. Okay, okay, come on, let's go. And I said, no, you're not paying attention. Sit down. We need to talk this through. I said, I can't have babies, so we're going to have to adopt. Yeah, I know. Okay, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Well, I was no big deal whatsoever to him. To be fair with dad, <laughs> I love you, dad, but he's more of a, let's just do it and yeah. get it done. Yeah. Where you're more of, let's talk pro- it through, talk it through, process this. And I think that's where I get some of my, all right, let's just go. Let's get this done. Mm-hmm. Is from dad. Well, I remember one time when they, they were talking about, you know, what are your nationalities at school? We had always told him what we thought his nationalities were, and we told him. And then you turned around to the teacher and said, 
and Italian by environment. Yep. Well, that's what I was told. I was Italian by environment. That's what Grandpa used to tell me. Yeah. You're Italian by environment. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I used to say. I'm Italian by environment. Well, he did teach you many <clears throat> sign languages. Yes. Which, and which we won't discuss. <laughs> I got in trouble for some of those sign languages when I was little. Well, when you pull up to a car next to you and you do it. Well, I didn't know. Grandpa was teaching me things. He was a bad man. <laughs> yeah, he was He was just great. Going back to Mike and Uncle Ronan Dot. Right. I know that he had a hard time when he was younger when he found out. I mean, mm-hmm. older, but still young. Yeah, right. It seemed like... When I got to know him, their relationship was oh, it was, was great. It was, yeah, and it was always after that. I guess they had a few months during high school years that were kind of rough, and it, he was kind of estranged from them a little bit just in the house. But they finally came together, and, and yeah, Mike adored Aunt Dot and Uncle Earl. He just, they couldn't have asked for a better son like me. Yes, thank you. Because I know that... There's a few people that were part of the adoption group. When uh, they their kids found out, they yeah. kind of went off the off deep the, end yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know when they were told or anything. But... I don't either. I don't either. But yeah, there were a couple of them that got into trouble and, and stuff. And I was always very grateful and very thankful that you didn't. I mean, you really didn't give us any trouble at all. I mean, no more than... Any other teenager. Yeah, or normal, just normal kid. Yeah. Normal kids, that's what they do. They do. (laughs) They cause a little bit of trouble, and it's not that we're trying to cause trouble. We're just trying to... Find your way. Find our way, see where those boundaries are, and learn what we have to do Mm -hmm. to get by in the world. That's true. So, I blame this on you and Dad. Thank you. You guys got me... A DNA test. Yes. For Christmas. Well, we had done ours, and you said, yeah. I'd like to do that, too. Yeah. So we got you and Anna each It was one. kind of a, you know, I was kind of like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Well, one thing led to another. Right. And I found who my birth father is. Wants nothing to do with me, and I'm fine with that. Found out who my birth mother is, and she wants to have me in her life, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I also found out I had two sisters, which is really cool. Because I was an only child. Right. So I know it was hard for you to meet her. It was. But how did that go? Well, it was it was very, very tough thinking. You know, you think what motives there might be and this kind of stuff. But I thanked her for giving birth to you so that we could have you. Yeah. And she thanked me for being the mother for you. So I, I think it went pretty well. And I did it in a safe space yeah. for me. That was the only part I, I wasn't crazy about. But I I had to do it for you. For me. Because that way I could feel a little bit of safety for me. Yeah. But I thought we we did very well. Yeah, you guys did do very well. And every time I talk to her she says to tell you guys hi. So I try and And, tell you guys hi. Yeah. And then I always say, well, they say hi. Yeah. And and we kind of go from there. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't see her very often. It's just because I'm really busy. Right. Just like, I don't see you guys a whole lot either because I'm very busy. busy. Yeah. And I don't want you to think that, oh, he's spending all this time with her. Right. When I'm not. You know, you are. I mean, I think the older we get, we realize that 
you know, you've got your own family now and your own responsibilities. And as much as we'd like for you to check in on us once a week or so, it it's just that we understand that you're busy. Yeah. You've got a lot going on in your life. Yeah, and I, I try and text as mm-hmm. frequently as I can. I know the older generation likes phone calls, but for me, I'm not a really... I'll take a text. Wordy, I'll take anything. I'm not a real wordy, long-talking yeah. person. Yeah. So texting for me is a little bit easier because I can just say it mm-hmm. and then... It's, it's just the <clears throat> fact of connecting, I think, and knowing that, that each other is okay yeah. and that if you need us, we're here. Yes, and that's what family is really all about. That's it. That's the long and the short of it. It's the long and the short of it, everybody. So is there anything else you would like to, to say or talk about? Well, only that I think that there's a lot of stigma put on adoption for both, you know, the adoptee and the parents. And also about the biological mother, because, you know, I, I think that you think of, well, how could she give up a baby? But we don't know the conditions. We don't know the circumstances in the family. We don't know any of that. I, I guess I'm just grateful to Gabrielle that she did. And and to be very honest, I remember the day that we picked you up. I felt so sorry for her because I thought she must know today is the day that he's being placed with us and how sad that had to have been for her. And I don't know if she knew that or not. Yeah. Because I don't know how the agency handled her end of it yeah I always I did I felt really very and you can tell her that I will but I I felt very sad for her yeah I thought she was going through a divorce and her parents were against it and giving it up and they told us and 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 then everything I just I just felt sad for her yeah I felt very grateful very blessed but um yeah I did feel bad for her so one question I have that I've always wondered, and I've probably asked you and Dad throughout the years, but how come you only adopted one? The reason was <clears throat> that we were going to go through adoption again, and Dad was having some heart problems at that time. And he was afraid if I had two kids, how hard it would be on me. And also we had talked to our, our social worker that we had worked with, and she had said, well, Craig was old enough that in Adams County, we probably wouldn't get another baby because you were old enough that they said, you know, do you, have you ever gotten a spanking? And if we, you said yes, that would have been it. And see, that's really not okay. You know, and it's not like you were beat ever. <laughs> yeah. We had a doctor. You had, Well, your doctor at that time said that's why God put the padding back there. Oh, I remember that doctor too. Yep, yep. He was, he was a good doctor. Good old Dr. Anderson said yep. that. And so I was just curious, yeah. you know. Uh, it, was the t- it was between the two things, is that Dad's health wasn't real good then. He was having these, um, not heart attacks, but heart uh, seizure things. And, and I think it scared him. Yeah. I think it really scared him. Well, I was disappointed, but. Yeah, and I know, because I know Dad was disappointed too. Yeah. Because I know Dad said before, like he wanted a, like a daughter. Mm-hmm. So, and I always wondered if about that. Yeah. Well, when we were in that <clears throat> circle, they went around and said, "Well, do you want a boy or a girl?" And Dad and I both, said, I said, "Boy," and Dad said, "Girl." At the same time. <laughs> you should have went for twins. I know we should have. Then you could have had both. <laughs> That's right. 
Then you could have had both. That's all right. But we got you, and we're glad for that. Me too. That's, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to pray real quick. Okay. And we'll go from there. Lord, I just want to thank you for this time with my mom, for this interview, for our podcast. Just bless this podcast and let it reach who you want it to reach and just speak volumes to them. Thank you for my mom to being willing to be open and share her story with all of us because I know it's really rough. And just let us all have a great week. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good week, everyone.